0: Hey Church, welcome to my home and thank you so much for having me in your house today. It's an interesting season, isn't it? Who would have ever connected over Zoom before? Who would have ever guessed that we would be in each other's homes this way? This is such a huge privilege for me to be a part of what you're doing today Thank you. I think the last time that I was actually in your church building was a long time ago at the memorial service of David Cartledge, where he talked about faith and handing over the baton of faith and um, the responsibility is us and making sure that we get to heaven well. And it was just so impacting for me. And you know, it's really um, triggered a lot of my faith endeavours in the last few years. You know, our goal is to see one million Australians explore faith through Alpha. And so far we've seen just over 600,000. So we've just done our research. You have, we have saying this works for Australians. But, you know, over the last few years, I've been on this situation. We trialled this thing called Alpha Online. People were saying, you know, you've got to go online. That's the way to go. And we trialled it. And, of course, I knew it wouldn't work. We did it. And I said, yeah, I know it worked once, but we're not going to try that because, you know, the power of food, the power of community, the power of together. And let's be frank, how can anyone possibly come to faith and experience a miracle of the Holy Spirit at work without me laying hands on them? But last year we had a situation where I was off having some brain surgery, so just proof I have one, and um, I said, you know, to Alpha, just stay on track, strategy's all fine, you'll be great, and then COVID hit. And so we ended up pivoting within a couple of weeks to Alpha Online and helping churches go online and helping parishes. We do a lot of work with the Catholic Church. And last year we saw 62,000 people participate in Alpha, 55,000 of them online. So we've done our research that, you know, it can work, the Holy Spirit can turn up in people's homes, just like he will today. You know, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, he does. When we pray, come Holy Spirit, he turns up and reaches out and impacts us in ways that we didn't even imagine. And so we're believing for 100,000 participants this year. And we're saying Alpha moves with you. When we're in lockdown, we can do it online. When we're able to do it in person, we can. Either way, we're not going to allow anything to stop us from helping people explore faith because in this season, there is more exploration of faith than ever before. Where is God? What's happening? 70% of Australians are praying a really great prayer. God help. And so we're in this situation today where people are open to faith. So I wonder if you'd just join me right where you are right now. Just open your hands Open your hearts. If you're in a cafe, well, at least turn your hands over and let's pray the most ancient prayer of the church Come, Holy Spirit. We just pray today, Come, Holy Spirit. You can pray it out loud with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come into our hearts. Holy Spirit, let us have ears to hear what you would say to each of us individually today. Holy Spirit, would you bring the freshness and refreshing of your wind and of your spirit and your rain to wherever we are? Holy Spirit, we pray today that we will hear from you, your whisper to each one of us. You know exactly what we need. And so we just pray, come, Holy Spirit, and we pray, please help me to deliver whatever it is you want to say to each person. We pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation 3 says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of our testimony. And so the blood of the Lamb, the work of Jesus Christ, is already done, but our testimony has power because it's the things that we've been through that we've experienced that bring authority. And so I just want to tell you a few stories today, and I'm believing as I do that the power of the testimony will resonate and bring about strength and courage and victory in your situation. You know, I remember a very, very famous person, a hero of mine, Pastor Jack Haynes, say years ago, we have to make Jesus' last command our first priority. And I'm pretty sure he still says that. You know, it's amazing around the world how people, particularly churches, have actually given up on the imperative of evangelism. Do you know that research says in young people, they kind of basically think, well, you have your faith and I'll have mine, and we'll agree to disagree. The unfortunate thing about that is when we line up the word of God where Jesus said, go and make disciples. And lo, I am with you, even to the end of the world. So, Jesus is with us as we make disciples. We all have the same mission. We have to realize about the imperative of evangelism, that we need to all be involved in the great work. Your church is such a champion church. You know, you are going to spend eternity hearing the stories of people you've influenced. I'm one of those. I remember years ago, Pastor Brian inducted me to be the pastor of a, of a church in Melbourne, and I went along to something called Nation Builders, and for the first ter- time I, I heard Pastor Brian Houston bragging about this guy called Jack Haynes and how he had raised, I think it was over $200,000 for missions and, you know, what that was going to do and how that was going to be. And, you know, that was so inspiring and I may be a little competitive because it was also like a great challenge. How are we going to raise money for mission? What are we going to do? And I remember just positioning myself to do whatever I could. You know, I don't think that there was so much social media then, but how could I learn from Pastor Jack? How could I be inspired by what you guys are doing? when Pastor Jack got involved in um, uh, working, looking after missions for the AOG, you know, he he asked me if I would be part of his missions team. And it was just a huge, huge thrill, mostly to see him in operation. And you know, it was amazing to see um, his vision and his, his heart for the church and his heart for fulfilling and being a part of the incredible Great Commission. And I I remember, you know, sitting in a meeting one day and Pastor Jack said, so, Melinda, we're going to, you know, get different people involved in different things according to their passion and heart, and I just wonder if you would be involved in West Africa. And I sort of went, oh, West Africa, of course. Now, being the incredible geographical expert that I'm not, I was thinking, okay, West Australia is on the left bit, so West Africa must be the left bit of Africa. Yeah, you guessed it. I didn't know much. About Africa. I'd never been there. You know, it was kind of like, wow, where's this coming from? But I started to pray about it. You know, prayer changes our heart, prayer changes our vision, prayer changes what's possible. You know, God is able to do more than we ask or think or imagine according to his power at work in us. So we have to start asking bigger and imagining bigger. So I was in that situation where I was praying for it and I felt God speak to me. You know, I don't think the Holy Spirit speaks to me all the time. So when he does, I really listen. And it was something I wouldn't have thought about myself, and it was this. I want you to get involved in prisons in Nigeria. Okay. Random, right? And I was thinking, prisons in Nigeria, where's Nigeria? So I started to look at it, pray about Nigeria, started to think about that, you know, what are we going to do with Nigeria? It's the heart of Africa. Found someone who was who'd been to prisons in Nigeria. And I said, you know what? I've been taught by Pastor Jack, I know how to raise money. So what you need to do is, you know, get involved in the work in prisons and I'll help fund it. So we had this whole proposal, but, you know, God doesn't always cause everything to go smoothly or is that just for me? So we got involved in this situation, we committed, I talked to the church, we decided we would um, raise money, we are committed to it. And then this guy sent me a letter and said, actually, we'd been disappointed before and we're not going to go ahead with it. You know, it's interesting that along the journey of faith, along the journey of what God's told us to do about making disciples, there will be challenges. That doesn't mean we're wrong. So I looked at it and said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And again, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you should go. And I'm like, okay, where's Nigeria? So I was going to be preaching at a church in Denmark, which is in Europe, not Africa. Um, And, you know, it's about this far away from Nigeria on the map. You know, so I thought, oh, that can't be that far. I'll pop on down to Nigeria. I'll give some money to this prison chaplain, um, and then I'll leave. And my mission is fulfilled. Do you know God's plan is way beyond our own? The Bible talks about His word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So He shows us the next step, and He gives us a vision of what can happen. But in between, we're walking by faith, like Joseph. So I went, to, went down to Nigeria, very, very, very challenging. When I got picked up at the airport, I was in this little van with the air crew and a guy with a machine gun. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting hospitality. And they said, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, look, I'm here to, you know, help with prisons. And, okay, no one spoke to me after that because that was just too weird. So we stayed at that hotel and, you know, the next day escorted us back and I got on this plane to go to a place called Benin City. Um, I was thinking on the plane, how am I going to know who to meet? I looked around. I'm the only woman on the plane. I'm the only white person. They can find me. So we go to the plane and we meet these, you know, lovely um, Nigerian gentlemen and, you know, we sort of shook hands and it was all a bit awkward. Have you ever found that as you're engaged in what God's called you to do, whether that's invitation, inviting someone to church, sharing your faith, there's always those awkward myths. It doesn't mean you're wrong. We just persevere. So it was a little bit awkward and so I jumped in the car with them. I didn't really understand them. They didn't really understand me. They'd never met anyone from Austria, let alone anyone knowing where Australia was. So we got in a car and we went to this compound. I didn't know where we were going, but it turned out it was a Bible college. And it turned out all of these Africans were there preaching and, uh, sorry, worshipping and dancing and, you know, just having the best time. Got any Africans in the house? You know what I'm talking about. So I get up on the stage. There's a white guy there. I hugged him because like, yay. And um, he said, I'm looking forward to hearing you preach today. And I went, ooh too. So I tried to find a Bible with someone because, you know, I didn't have a Bible. Um, you know, I was just kind of hanging out, giving some money to someone. And basically I, I got up and I started to preach. There was only one message God put on my heart. It was about, you know, Elijah sitting under a juniper tree. And I'm halfway through, and the Holy Spirit reminded me that when I was 13, I was in a car and I saw a vision of myself preaching in Africa. I'd forgotten about it because while I thought at the time, hey, I'm going to be a missionary in Africa, my parents were really quite against the idea. They were very narrow and said I had to finish school. So, And then I sort of started finishing school and thought, now I'm going to make some money. And then I sort of, again, through word from God, ended up pastoring and went sort of an unexpected journey. The unexpected journeys of God doesn't mean that he's forgotten. I'm calling out today people's visions and dreams, things that God has put on your heart, perhaps you put on the shelf or you've even forgotten about. Let me tell you the Holy Spirit's going to bring them back to your remembrance because he doesn't forget. So I'm in the middle of preaching and I remember this dream of when I was 13 preaching in Africa. I was 39. When I was 13, I was keen to go. At 39, I was keen to leave. And the Holy Spirit prompted me and said, this is the beginning of the dream you had. Wow. You see, God doesn't forget. He equips us, he prepares us, he positions us in his pathway of obedience. And so, you know, I got involved in that. I met the prison chaplain. You know, he said, we're going to go and um, meet the chief of prisons. And I'm like, okay. Um, And that kind of a miracle happened. The chief of prisons said that I was, who's a Muslim, that said, obviously, you're on a mission from God, so you can go into any prison you want in Nigeria. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I do not want to go into prisons. Um, Just warning you, you probably don't either. But who knows what God's plans are. And so, you know, I was thinking, what am I going to do? Tell my husband I'm going into this prison, you know, the whole conflict. And I remember walking into that prison, handing over my handbag. You know, there's some sacrifices involved in following Jesus, and when I look back on it, that was like a really big one for me. I'm handing over my handbag, you know, my blackberry, you know, my my things that connect me to, to help. Um, and I walked through that prison and I had a guard on one side with a gun and I was sticking close to him. And, you know, we ended up going to the condemned men's cell and on this cell wall is God loves the poor and prisoners are the poorest of the poor. I my life verse is John 10:10. 10, 10. Jesus said that I came that you might have life in abundance. Life in abundance is not easy. It's significant. Life in abundance is not life like everyone else has. It's life that is tailor-made for you. Life in abundance, it's God's best hopes and plans and dreams fully realized. It's not always easy. So we're there I you know I talk to these guys, basically say that you know God loves them enough to send someone from Austria where well, there's kangaroos, may as well confuse them. And, you know, we kind of prayed together. And, and you know, since that time, I've been 18 times to Nigeria and many other countries in Africa, lost count of how many prisons I've been in. Um, you know, we got a guy who's not a Christian to donate a printing press. We set up a printing press. We've trained hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pastors in Nigeria. We've just done some things that are beyond anything I could imagine. Why? because our testimony, our testimony, us being available and open to what God wants to do through us. So we have to keep going about the work of an evangelist, the imperative of evangelism. Can I affirm, Church, you are just such a lighthouse in this. You are a lighthouse in saying we care about the nations, we sacrifice for the nations, we believe that we're going to take seriously Jesus' great commission. And we're going to get involved in that. And, you know, we get involved then in intentionally in how we can make a difference. How can we reach out to people? What can we do? You see, as I look around, when it's I think about what happens overseas, what I'm reminded about is how much God loves Australia and that we have to be intentional about inviting the people in our world, that we have to be intentional about caring for them. You know, um, our census tells us there are 12 million people in Australia that say they're Christian out of 25 million. Less than two million go to any kind of church. A million to Mass and a million to the rest of us combined. we got going to help those other 10 million explore faith. Every research that we do do, say that Australians are more open to faith now than ever before. 70% of Australians in this season pray. They are Googling where is God, what's happening. They really, really, really are open to spiritual conversations, but 49% of them never get to have one. They're not sitting down. Well, they're not sitting at the pub anymore ever, but they're not being able to talk about those things that are on their heart. They're not being able to raise the great great questions of life here's this thing about alpha i've done it for a long time i love the questions i'm an ordained minister with the you know australian christian churches so a real ordination um, and i've been lat for 30 years but i have unanswered questions i don't know all the answers and you're probably in a similar situation So when we invite people onto the alpha journey, we're not telling them we have all the answers. In fact, what will happen is people will bring their questions and we go, wow, that's an amazing question. What does everybody else think? Rather than giving them the answers, we're inviting them to have opportunity for spiritual conversations, to discuss what's in their heart, to discuss like Philip did with the Ethiopian, came alongside and just listened. And when the Ethiopian asked a question, then he was open to discuss it. You probably know this already, but God is already at work in people before we appear on the scene. We're cooperating with his plan. You know, Luke 8 tells us that a sower went out to sow, and we have to keep on sowing seeds. Our research says that it used to take four to six connections for an Aussie to come to faith. You know, we had some sort of Christian background, some RE in school, all of those things. Our research now says it takes 12 to 14 connections plus for an Aussie to come to faith. It's not that they don't want to come to faith. One in four people would come to church if someone invited them. That's what the data says. One in four would consider it. So two people in four of your neighbours would come to church if they were invited or consider it. Interesting, isn't it? So the power of invitation is so important. But what happens is we think, oh, we asked them once and they didn't come. If it takes 14 connections, then every time we ask, we are moving them around the clock face to faith. You can Google analog clocks if you don't know what I'm talking about. We move them. So when we invite, that's the win. The when is, hey, I invited you along. My responsibility is the invitation. The Holy Spirit's responsibility is the acceptance. He knows when they're ready to accept. I've got these business people. John and I, you know, my husband's involved in business. He has a real job. And we spend lots of times with Christians and we we spend lots of time sharing our faith. And we analysed our life quite a while ago now, 20 years ago, and said, We've pretty at saturation with the people that we know. We, they, they know about faith. We can talk to them about it. Faith There's open. We've built bridges of trust. We decided that we would join a business organisation that was not Christian in order to seek to be salt and light. Doesn't that sound so simple and spiritual? No, it was tough and horrible. You know, when we first joined, John introduced me as a minister and they're like, oh, so half the people didn't want to talk to me. And, you know, apparently minister's not a status position. Um, Mainly, you know, obviously the remuneration wasn't what they expected. And so it's been, it was a bit of a tough gig. So I've been meeting with this group of people um, every month, business people every month for, for a long time, 10 plus years. And I've invited them to church and I've given them books and I've prayed with them and I've gone through so many seasons of challenge with them. And, you know, we've been in the trenches together and all of those things. Not once has any one of them come to church. But in lockdown, which in Melbourne just seemed endless, um, you guys, it'll be short because you're much better at this. But in lockdown, I just texted them and said, hey, while you're in lockdown, maybe you might want to check out church. It was around... um, um, Easter time and, you know, it'd be good to do now. And so I sent them a link to a few different churches. Do you know what? Every one of them checked out the link. They found that easier than coming along with me for, for great priority seating and lunch afterwards. They were interested enough to connect in their way. And what we're finding is that online invitation is much an easier ask because it's in your own home. So I going to encourage you. You've got church tonight, got church next week. You know, you're like me. You're at church all the time. Why don't you text some people and just send them the link, invite them along? The invitation is the win. So what we've been doing with Alpha and what I encourage you to do is to think about, okay, who could I invite to explore faith with Alpha? Who in my world doesn't know Jesus? And here's what I do. You don't have to do this. But I write down three people I think might come. I write down three people I know will never come. They're easy to think of. And then three people I have no idea. It might be the person that I get the takeaway coffee from. You know, it might be, it might be the person who drops off the shopping and leaves it outside. I don't know. Three people that are in my world. We nod, we recognise each other, but we're not really friends. And then I start praying for all of them. Here's what I know. Nothing happens except through prayer. So who are we praying for? This group of people I'd been meeting with once a month for years, I decided that really it's time I finished with those guys. You know, I've been meeting with them. They're not coming to faith. It's, you know, I'm I'm the, I'm the, I'm the master inviter. I love teaching people about invitation, and it's not working with these guys. And pretty quickly I felt the Holy Spirit say, You're the only person in their world praying for them. That's a responsibility, right? How could I let go of that? You know, I don't know if you've got your phone somewhere nearby, but we start with prayer. You might be the only person in your world praying for those nine people. Or if you want to start small, pray for three people. Pray for three people. Just start putting them on the list and praying for them and listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. So with the nine people, I generally just invite all of them. And, you know, whatever they say, I go, yes, I've moved them around the clock face of faith. (laughs) They might say no. I go, ah no worries. We run it often. I'll invite you another time. They say yes, and you go, oh, great, shall, let's go together. You know, shall I pick you up? You know, why don't we go on the Zoom call together? Why don't we meet for a drink, you know, um, online five minutes before or 10 minutes after? We, we just kind of say that we'll be there with them. They might say, I don't know, and you wait and see what they say. Some of you going, well, I wouldn't know how to invite. Okay, here's how you do it. Would you like to come to Alpha. And then you do step two, which is the hardest, shut up. I learned that the hard way because I'm one of those people who say, would you like to come to Alpha? If you want to come, you can. You don't have to. You know, if you don't come, I'll still like you. We'll still be friends. But if you want to come, it would be great. It would change your life. You don't have to come every week. You know, it's you just one week at a time. And if you like it, you can come again another time. I could pick you up. Or I could not pick you up. You could make your own way. You could not make your own way. We run it often. You know, by the time I'd finished inviting, we'd both forgotten what the point was. Cooperate with God's plan. Would you like to come to Alpha? Do it as a text if you want. And see where they are. See what questions they ask. See what's happening in their heart. So pray and then invite. We have to keep inviting. We have to keep inviting and praying for people. But then, can I let you in on a secret? It's actually not about information. It's about building a bridge of trust and community when we get to an opportunity to pray with people. Do you know it's an encounter with the living God that makes a difference? You know, and um, Peter and John had been walking with Jesus for three years. They kind of had this amazing opportunity with him, but he still said to them, hey, guys, just wait until I send the one who is going to give you power to witness. Wait until I send the counsellor. Wait until I send the comforter. Wait until I send the revealer into all truth. And so they just prayed, like we did at the beginning, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And he did. After the day of Pentecost, they kept praying, come Holy Spirit, and they were walking into the synagogue, and they saw the same person that they'd seen every day. But God opened their eyes to see differently. And as we pray, come Holy Spirit, help us, he opens our eyes to people and they just said to him, hey, what we have, we give. What we have, we give. And that's what we're doing when we're reaching out to people. We're seeking to share the life and hope of Jesus Christ. We're seeking to help um, them be recipients of the presence of God through us. You know, I encourage you during this season to pray with people. You know, just over the phone or on Zoom or whatever it is, how can we pray, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. You know, Pastor Jack opened up a whole world for me when he started to talk about mission, when he started to talk about West Africa, you know, I, I ended up going to the Congo because of Pastor Jack had a, had a, a, a gathering of, of missions people and they came, one of them came to see me and said, would you come to the Congo? And I'm like, no, and the Holy Spirit said yes. And I'm like, okay, I can trump that. I'm a person under authority. I'm going to ask my husband. And, you know, I said to John, look, this guy came in my office and asked me to go to the Congo, but, you know, I don't really have to go because, you know, you're the boss in our house. And um, he said, hmm. And then he asked a random question. Remember we got married? I bought a couple of things to our new home. Um, and where, where is that painting that I bought? I'm like, oh, yeah, the painting. That's kind of in a back cupboard somewhere, you know, very specially looked after. And he said, you know, there was a guy called Willie Burton, who was a missionary to the Congo from England. And he was thinking, this job is big, what shall I do? And he got on a boat and he came to Australia. These are serious commitments. And he came to Australia and he said to the um, missions organization at the time, in fact, to the AOG at the time, would you come and help us? And they prayed about it and said, no. And so he painted a picture of the Congo River and he said, one day, maybe you or one of the descendants will come to the Congo and help us. And then he went off to Papua New Guinea and was able to ha- inspire and help them with missions such that there are now thousands of churches as a refruit of his ministry. And then he went back to the Congo. And my husband was just a little boy and he saw this picture and it gripped his heart. And he said, oh, I really want that picture. And So he brought it to our house and I stuck it in a cupboard because that's what you do. And we got the picture out and he said, you know, this guy prayed that one day someone would come. And I said, oh, yes, but I'm not blood. I'm just adopted into the family through marriage. And he said, yeah, but perhaps you're the answer to his prayer. So I went to the Congo and, again, been there many, many times, you know, trained lots of pastors, you know, in French, done a whole lot of things, helped influence churches, started 15 not-for-profits, just me, no organisation, just me. And it's been amazing what God has done. Here's what I want to tell you today. You are the answer to someone's prayer. They prayed, God, help me, and he's going to use you to do it. They prayed, God, I I pray that one day one of my descendants will be influenced by someone who follows you. You're the answer to that prayer. You're the answer to praying grandmothers and and praying parents and people from other nations that are praying for their students and their loved ones who've moved to Australia. You are a part of God's plan. How do we overcome? The blood of the Lamb and the work of Jesus is already done, but it's by the power of our testimony, the things that we put into practice. So I want to encourage you today, church to think about how important sharing our faith is. That is our sole mission, to go and make disciples. And it seems really strange in a time of lockdown to say, how can we go? We've got new methodology. We can text and give service links. We can text and invite to Alpha. We can text and say, I'm praying for you. We can send people books to read. There are lots of things we can do to reach out. We can be intentional about inviting. We can pray, ask God to work with us, and then do whatever he tells us to do to help move people round the clock face of faith. And we can be responsive to the fact that God is more interested in working through us than we are. And as we pray, come Holy Spirit, He's going to bring back dreams and visions. He's going to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. So I'm closing now finally. i want to take your phone. In our phone is our diary. We're praying, God, help my diary to reflect my priorities. In our phone is all our contacts. God, help us to influence these contacts. In our phone is our social media. I've got followers. Where am I taking them? How will we going to make jesus last command our first priority should we pray together over our phones father i thank you for your incredible love your love demonstrated to us lord jesus thank you for your amazing grace your grace that is beyond measure your grace that reaches out your grace that is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to salvation And Holy Spirit, you're our comforter, our counsellor, and our guide into truth. So we ask you to guide us into truth for our lives. Guide us who to pray for. Guide us who to invite. Guide us who to reach out to in this season. Guide us how to prioritise our lives. I thank you for this amazing church and the incredible leaders that Jack and Carol Haynes are, the inspiring leaders that have influenced more people than they could ever imagine. Let us all together take up that challenge of faith to reach our friends, our neighbours, our family with the power of prayer, the power of the gospel. And we pray all this by asking, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, do a work in us and through us for your glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I'll be praying for the Alpha that you'll be run. I'll be praying that each one of you will have an opportunity to reach out, and I'll be praying for you. But remember, whenever, wherever, pray the most ancient prayer of the church. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, and he will and he does and he will do more than we can ever imagine because of his work through us. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be with you. Thank you, Pastor Jack and Carol, who are just the most inspiring apostolic leaders who are helping me to get to heaven well because of what you've championed in my life and the way you've inspired me. God bless you.